2022 is the hardest, craziest, and most bizarre time to buy a home, especially your first home. I know you're hearing horror stories because they're out there, but also because drama is louder than reason. So today, my goal is to lift your spirits with some real-life stories from people making it work, even in this bananas market. This is the one episode that I suggest that you save on your phone. And if you do start to get beaten down by the 22 market, or who knows, maybe even the 23 market, go back, listen to this episode. It's inspiration time. What's up, my how to buy a homies? Now, if you're listening to this, that's either because it's your standard day where you listen to the podcast every time it comes out. And I'm sure you have a big celebration. You and your friends all get together, put your phone down and stare at it and listen to it the minute it comes out, right? That's what you do? Okay. Well, either that's happening or you just got smacked down in the 2022 bloodbath in this first time buyer cage match and you need some inspiration. Well, welcome back. Here's what you came for. Hey, Dave, thanks so much for checking in. It's going well, thanks. We've saved $7,000 since we first started talking in the beginning of the year. We're working our way towards our down payment. Have a liability payment up for sale, and that's on the market, so hopefully we're going to be reducing our DTI. Thanks for the check-in. Okay, nothing real exciting going on there, right? But here's what I responded to that listener. I said, this is amazing. Way to go. I know it's weird to hear, but sometimes I get super pumped and more excited to hear about something like this. Seriously, you'd think that when I hear about an offer getting accepted after 12 or 13 tries, or even somebody finally getting the keys to their first home, that that would be the biggest rush in the world for me. Well, don't get me wrong, it is. But on some days, hearing about people finding a plan saving seven grand over three months and working on DTI when back in November, December, they thought DTI was someplace to go get an electronics degree. That pumps me up. That gets me excited. To me, that's fire. I get the rush when the starting gun goes off. You know why? Because I've run this race hundreds of times before and I know what the finish line looks like. So today we're going to keep working that inspiration, practice, practical positivity. Drown out the noise of the negativity. All the people telling you it's not possible. This is a crazy time to even try and do it. Here's some real listener correspondence to help pick you up. These are real life people. And if you're out there getting your butt whooped in the Savage 2022 market, here's some good stuff for you. Listener says, thank you. Our unicorn bill that you got us in contact with has been absolutely awesome. We're so happy to have found your podcast. It's been an amazing resource. Great. Happy I could help. Here's another one. I opened escrow this week. Yeah, this is a real person. It happened. I opened escrow this week. Two months and 16 offers and one finally hit. Thanks again. Your podcast was a huge help. So you hear that? 16 offers. Be persistent. Here's another one. David, our first meeting went really well. I'm really excited to work with her. My partner Logan and I have a meeting on Monday with a preferred mortgage broker. And your ears must have been burning because we literally were just talking about how relieved we are to be closing in on answers and a plan and how much easier that's going to make planning all the other areas of our life. Yeah, it's one of the things that maybe you don't think about when you get into buying a house, you can get so tunnel focused, you forget that 
that puts a lot of other things in motion. Now, again, we can't say this is going to be the same thing for everyone, but here's a listener who said, I connected. He's awesome. My husband and I are loving working with him. We have an offer in our house already. Crazy. We're waiting to see what happens. If it falls through, we're still so happy because we're enjoying working with Robert. He's awesome. And he even put in contact with this great mortgage broker. So far, such a great experience. Thank you so much. And someone else wanted me to make sure that I would continue to share this stuff. They actually wanted an episode like this. And I love the success stories on your podcast. Such an inspiration and motivator to get my butt in gear. Waiting too long. Yes, I've been walking around aimlessly. Time to get focused. I talked to one person about this. And they said that I should use their sister because she just passed the test and is a realtor now. I said, thanks, but I'm getting in touch with a unicorn realtor. All right. So if you're not a regular listener right now, maybe you're confused. It's supposed to be how to buy a home. And you're thinking this is some sort of inspirational, motivational wellness podcast. And maybe you're confused what the hell a unicorn is. Or you're my dad. Dad's been listening to my podcast since day one, guiding me and giving me pointers along the way. He always taught me about the power of positive thinking. And he had posters all over the house. This company called Success Stories. It was great. And there would be all these positive messages and inspirational stuff to keep in the right mindset. The reason I quote Zig Ziglar on this podcast all the time, it's because of him. And now only at 52 years old, I'm old, remember? That's when I really begin to understand what he was teaching me, but also just teaching me through his example. The guy's a rock star of customer service. And throughout my life, his words and his actions taught me how to respect the customer, to always treat everyone with respect, never judge anybody, because you never know who could use your services someday and who might just need a helping hand right now. Now that I said all that nice stuff, let me explain to you new listeners and to my own father who is retired and has nothing better to do than listen to every single episode, what the explanation of a unicorn realtor is. Because today, my dad called me and said, hey, I listened to your recent episode. That kid was great. But I got to ask you, Dave, what's the whole unicorn thing? Is that something that younger people say that I just don't understand? S-M-H. Dad, that means I'm shaking my head. Anyway, Dad, you're my inspiration for helping people, but I seriously hope that I'm not genetically disposed to your memory power. A unicorn realtor is a magical, mystical being, that combination of experience in real estate, as well as compassion and someone who knows how to kick butt and has got your best interest at heart. They're the perfect thing to help a first-time home buyer. And a lot of realtors, I mean, a lot of them are not necessarily unicorns. Unicorns are rare. That's why they're called unicorns. Not all realtors are created equal. And these guys, they're the enchanted combination of someone who actually knows what they're doing and will take the time to guide you, the first time homebuyer. They're your secret sauce, your personal avenger to help you defeat whatever crazy alien from hell the 2022 housing market is going to throw at you. So here's a story from one of my listeners who decided that they were going to interview one of the realtors that was already in Unicorn Nation, just to be sure. So they took the exact script from episode six, where I lay out the questions that you need to use when you're asking to find out if you're talking to a unicorn or a donkey with a horn super glued to their forehead. Now, of course, the unicorn passed the test with flying colors because first it's a unicorn and they like fart rainbows. So of course it was flying colors, right? 
and because I give you the tools, the recommendations, the things that I would do if I had my knowledge and was out there trying to interview to see if someone was good for a first time home buyer. And I don't send people to donkeys with horns. I make sure the unicorns are unicorns. So it was great. In the middle of the interview, the unicorn realtor told me that she said to the people who were interviewing them, grilling them with all the questions I told them they should do. And she said, yes, that's exactly it. Because you know what? I'm not like other agents. And I do that on purpose. Mike drop. Needless to say, the unicorn passed the test with flying colors. And that means it's time for another edition of why do we say that to pass with flying colors? Now, that means to pass with distinction. But why? Well, the answer, it's out in the sea. Yes, the term has a nautical history. It derives from when ships would return home with their colors spelled with a U on Wikipedia. So someone in Canada or Europe wrote this. And it's another word for flags, your colors flying to show that they'd been victorious in battle. By 1700, it was being used figuratively, signifying any kind of triumph. Speaking of triumphant, here's another uplifting and inspiring story. This one came in. They were referred on February 22nd of just this year. I wanted to thank you for connecting with my unicorn realtor within a week of knowing her. My offer was accepted on a house in the area that I love. The difference a good realtor can do is incredible. Thank you from Caroline. How about that? So look, I know you might be hearing different stuff out there, but remember, drama sells. For every single one freak out horror story that you hear, there are 10 good stories that you didn't hear because the regular good things happening, it's just not as juicy. So here's another one for you since it's getting drowned out by all that drama. Hey, David, I just want to pop in and say thank you for the great info that you give to all us first-time homebuyers. Thanks to you, we found a unicorn realtor who knew the current state of the market, which helped us get our first offer accepted. First, we were shocked and thrilled. I keep hearing that people have to lose out on two or three homes before they realize that they cannot play it safe in this market and actually offer what they're supposed to. But thanks to your advice, along with our realtors, we felt comfortable with throwing everything we had at our first offer, and it worked. We weren't even the highest offer, but the sellers were willing to work with us because we released some of our earnest money up front, and the seller's agent did not like the buyer's agent for the higher offer. And then she said, you know what? That would suck to lose a home because your agent isn't liked. Yeah, gang, reputation matters. And to top it all off, we were able to get in right before interest rates exploded. Hooray for 3.9%. And our unicorn was able to get the sellers to give us $10,000 in credits for a new roof, even though we said we would take it as is. She is a rock star. We closed and get to move in after a 60-day rent back, just in time because our landlord just told us she was raising our rent by 9%. Can't wait to live in our own home. Thank you, Michelle. Pretty cool, huh? I do want to, for the sake of complete transparency, also let you guys know she did tell me that they did have to pay a $15,000 appraisal gap, which was a bummer, and the appraiser used the wrong comps, but then she said, oh, well, our luck had to run out somewhere. You see how that works? Even in the inspirational stories, it still probably took some work. This isn't get rich quick. This isn't lose 20 pounds by taking this one fancy pill. All right, look, the last time that pills made you lose a lot of weight, it was something called FenFen, and everybody started having heart attacks. If it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. But 
by having a good realtor, the fact that they got it over somebody else because they didn't like the other realtor. Yes, they had to pay a little bit more of the $15,000 gap, but they got a $10,000 credit for the new roof and the landlord's raising their rent by 9%. One more little reminder in this pep talk episode, without wanting to sound too snarky, I do want to explain to you, this is a fact that I've seen a hundred times with my own eyes. When it comes to buyers out there, the loudest complainers about how bad the market is or how useless realtors are or how terrible an experience they had, the loudest ones are quite often, like quite often, the same people who are skeptical in everything they do in life, but especially working with realtors because they understand that anybody can be a realtor and they think they're smarter than them. And that's probably right in a lot of ways. I understand that. But then what happens is they end up picking the person who's going to bend over backwards for them to their every whim, probably because that realtor is desperate and they're not going to have the expertise to help them. Now, here's the weird part about those folks. I agree with them. Yeah, I do. Really. I agree that anyone can be a realtor, but choosing the quality advocate matters, especially in this market. And the buyers who are too smart for their own good and love to bitch and moan the loudest and the people who just keep talking and talking and talking because they want you to dive into their vat of negativity about how unfair the market is or the cash buyers are ruining everything or the system's rigged or the realtors are dumb or the sellers are stupid and they will complain loudly and frequently. So before you believe their evaluation of the market, if they didn't have unicorn representation because they were uninformed about the process or maybe they were a touch arrogant or maybe they just were ignorant not in the bad way, just in the not knowing any better way. And that's fine. Well, think about what our previous listeners said about the higher offer that didn't get accepted because the listing agent didn't like the buyer's agent with the higher offer. When you hear those other buyers complain, take it with a grain of salt. Oh, oh, oh you know what that means. Why do we say that? Grain of salt. Well, the hypothesis of the phrase's origin include Pliny the Elder's Neutralis Historia, regarding the discovery of a recipe for an antidote to a poison. In the antidote, one of the ingredients was a grain of salt. So threats involving the poison were thus to be taken with a grain of salt, and therefore less seriously. There, you feel smarter? Cool. Well, let's keep going with the practical positivity, because now you feel smarter, and now let's make you feel happier. In this correspondence, listener said, dear David, or whoever this is, at the end of it, she said, oh, here you go, and I just want to make sure you're real. My answer back was, F, yeah, I'm real. So then this buyer said to me, if I buy from an individual, my current landlord selling my home of one of my properties, not using a selling agent, is it necessary for me to get a buyer's agent? Well, my response is I've got a podcast catalog that's huge. I told her to go listen to episode 63 on buying without a representative for yourself as a buyer not good for buyers, usually only benefits the seller. Well, later on, they came back to me and they said, hey, good morning. Just want to let you know I did find a unicorn realtor. I took your advice and I decided not to just trust my landlord on his FISBO. That's a for sale by owner. And now, are there any questions that I can use for interviewing my lender? So then I responded back. I said, hey, great. Here's what the podcast can offer. 
I don't like to overpromise and tell you a whole bunch of things that I can answer all these questions. I just stick to what I like to offer, which is what I can offer with total confidence. I'm confident in my unicorn realtors, but the main thing that I'm giving is free information on how to best prepare you to buy a home. I can recommend established professional local realtors, but those unicorn realtors will be the one that will recommend you to local vendors, such as mortgage brokers and lenders. It's just too many people all over the place for me to keep track of to be able to refer you to the best mortgage broker out there as well. Kind of like I'm not going to recommend you your best electrician or painter roofer, but definitely the relationship between the unicorn realtor and the lender is the most important thing. So they responded back, perfect, that's the path that I'm on. And again, I can't express to you my gratitude, blah, 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 blah. And I said, super rad. Then she came back one more time and she said, hey, David, things are going great. Had an inspection on a home today. We learned that the seller needs to own the home for 90 days in order for us to qualify for an FHA loan. Yes, that is something. The owner has to be in the house for 90 days if you're trying to buy it with an FHA loan. That means most of the time with FHA, you're not going to be able to buy a flip. But listen to this. Fortunately, we live in a small town and he was willing to hold it till the 90 day mark for us. So fingers crossed, we will close by the end of April. And then this email came in. David, I can't express the gratitude towards you and your podcast enough. We are currently in the underwriting phase of buying our house. We have a projected close date of May 6th. It's only been a few months since we decided to even think of being homeowners. Do you know how many times I hear that? People just get curious one day and they pop on the podcast and a couple months later, they're buying a house. That's the difference between what people used to do where they just walk into an open house and talk to a realtor. And then the realtor and the buyers, they end up emailing back and forth and talking and everyone's trying to do everything on their own because no one's steering the ship. But now you're here and you've got a guide. Okay, let's see what else she say. She said, oh, this is my favorite part. Oh, and our mortgage payment will be $200 less than the going rate for rent in our area. And we're going to have immediate equity in the home. Without all the information and encouragement you've provided for us on the podcast and our amazing unicorn team, this process would have been so stressful. We are doing this. I honestly do not think I could have done this until I heard your podcast. And then I said, you're a rock star. I just copy and pasted our entire correspondence and I put in the podcast. Now, I know this is the inspirational episode, but I had to drop in one warning. For those of you who think that a big bank, because you have an establishment with them or your parents has an establishment with them or you've got money in the bank, that it's still a better option than a mortgage lender. I just want to give you some quick little warnings. I'm not saying that this is an ironclad rule, just a pretty heavy suggestion, because I do have some unicorn realtors out there that have a successful relationship, and they swear by their big bank lender. Now, the big banks are Chase, Citibank, B of A, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. But those lenders that do great jobs at those banks, they're the exception to the rule. And that's because they're exceptional people, because they have more hoops and red tape and crap they have to do to get stuff done. And there are people there that do a really good job. So some unicorn lend realtors are loyal to those unicorn lenders. But in general, mortgage brokers can always get you pretty much the same thing as most of the big banks, as well as offer you a ton of more options. So they'll be able to give you everything else that the banks do, and they don't keep bankers hours, and they have far better customer service most of the time. So again, in this inspirational episode, 
here's a little warning. This is a text between a unicorn and me. The unicorn said to me about a buyer he had that was getting ready to close. We're almost closed and the lender had to push it back to Thursday, but we're staying on top of them. Gotta love BOA. To which I wrote back, no, I don't. And you can't make me. And then he said, me either. But the buyer wanted to go with them. And now his closing is delayed. Not trying to say that we told you so, but I mean, I have never, never had them close on time. And this is a unicorn who sells a lot of houses. And finally, here are two more stories that they're inspirational, but they're a little sad. There's some rough stuff in here, but I want you guys to learn from this, okay? And then you can be inspired on what you need to do in the future. So let's play a game. Every time you hear something that doesn't sound like the buyer is getting the best representation or advocacy, say unicorn. Dad, you can say Kirkhock. There, that was an inside joke for my pops. No one will understand it. Okay, just yell Kirkhock. And everyone in the room here as I'm doing the podcast, just raise your hand. Every time you hear something that sounds like it's non-unicorn, okay? Everyone out there, do the same thing. Say unicorn, raise your hand, be the weird guy at the gym doing curls going, unicorn, all right? Yell it out when you hear the red flags. This one, I know you're going to hear some red flags because this is how I started my email response back to this person. I said this, ah, I'm so glad you found me. Let's talk about this. And then I responded to this. She said, interest rates have doubled since I was pre-approved. My lender said no a few times when I asked her to qualify me fully after listening to your podcast, saying they didn't want to run my credit multiple times, although I think I can lose a few points on my credit again from your podcast. Her credit score is 800. Now, folks telling me I should have been locked into my rate. I was told I couldn't lock into my rate until an offer was countersigned. Is that true? Or did I miss out on the 2.785 where I had initially gotten quoted? Okay, how many times did you guys yell in public? My response wasn't all caps. And it went like this. Ah! Your lender should have been consulting with you the whole time you were shopping. Technically, yes, you often can't lock the rate until you have an offer accepted, but you should have been updated several, several times. In 2.78, that was like so many months ago. Okay, in the same email, she continued with this. Also, my realtor told me that there's no such thing as a bank waiving the appraisal cap for the loan. My jargon might be off on that, but I listened to your podcast a week ago and I brought it up with so many of the other offers that we made were 35000 over the appraisal, which would have been out of pocket for me, but I still wasn't getting any bites. So the long story short, on a day two and round three, after her telling two listing agents that I wouldn't see the home without an appraisal contingency, good, I guess, but maybe kind of harsh, she finally goes, okay, yeah, so it happens. You can't do that. You need 20% down. Maybe it's my spidey senses that you've already triggered by telling me all these other things in the podcast, but with this lender and realtor pair, but I'm taking it all with a grain of salt. <laughs> she said that grain of salt. That's funny. So I'd like direct answers to these questions I'm asking. Is that a real thing? I understand it may always not be sensible who wants to pay over the value of the home, but is it only possible if you have 20% down? Okay, wherever you are right now, I hope people are staring at you because you should be, uh, have been yelling unicorn or raising your hand. My answer was again, ah, 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 
All I said in all caps was wrong, 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 wrong. Spidey sense is correct. Now, here's the last one. This one says, again, yell unicorn when you hear anything wrong with this. This one said, hi, David, my husband and I are trying to buy a house. We already have a realtor. She was recommended to us by our financial advisor. But the more I listen to your show, the more I question whether they're a unicorn realtor. A few examples of our experience so far. Number one, you say all the time that you need to have a plan, and I feel like we don't have one. We've been working with this realtor for over a year, but not because that was part of the plan. Okay, I'm cheating right now. You should be screaming, unicorn. You should be raising your hand. You can't work with someone for a year and not buy a house in an appreciating market. How much money has this realtor cost this poor person? Okay, I'm going to continue. I know there's very low inventory, especially in the starter home price range, but I can't help but wonder if she could be doing more to help us. Yeah, she could be doing a lot more. Like she could be saving you tens of thousands of dollars because the market's gone up so much in the last year. (sighs) Wow, I can't even contain myself. Okay, I'm just going to read through everything else real fast. Just yell unicorn when you hear bad stuff. The monthly payment is important to me. Our realtor does not seem to understand this. She keeps indicating that we should be looking at houses with the higher prices even though she said once that she doesn't understand why I'm so stuck on the monthly payment. But to me, that's the most important factor. I don't even want to look at a home before I do a quick check with the mortgage broker to find out what the monthly payment is and make sure it's in my right price range. Taxes vary greatly, so I'm not sure how else I would know if we could afford the property or not. Number three, I don't know if this is always how it works, but she set me up with a search criteria and we receive automatic notifications when the properties are available in that criteria. So one day I noticed that we hadn't received any notifications in a while. So I contacted her and come to find out that her realty company had switched systems. And, oh, she said, I'll get you set up on the new system. Now, I have no clue how long we weren't in the new system, but how many homes did we miss out on? Why didn't she contact us? Why didn't she automatically switch us over to the new system and tell us about it? Would she have even noticed that if I hadn't called? This did not give me a good feeling. Feeling a bit frustrated, I decided to browse around the new app manually, thinking that there might be locations we hadn't considered. My husband and I found plenty of houses in our price range listed in other areas that we browsed various listings for hour. And when we talked to the realtor, we explained that we didn't have a set location in mind and that we're pretty flexible. We prefer more rural areas with privacy, but it baffles me as why she didn't suggest any of these locations we found In the app. Instead, she encouraged us to look at this larger city, Albany, which is not rural at all. Well, she called the other day to ask if we were still interested in buying a house and if anything had changed. I told her, yes, nothing had changed as far as how much we want to spend. She said, well, interest rates are going up. That was it. At this point, it would have been nice if she'd offered some suggestions to what we can do (laughs) or things to think about, like all the things I hear on your podcast. But she didn't. That's the end of that letter. How many times did you yell unicorn? Oh, my God. That was the sound of me dropping my head on the microphone. The positive part of these last two stories is that you can take this as a word of caution, a heat of advice. And when you even begin to start to know about feel any kind of twinge, anything like that, avoid it. Avoiding pitfalls. That's what we're here to help you with. You heard all the success stories, right? So I'm not even going to go into all the things that were wrong there because it'd be a whole other hour long podcast. Just know that I know that you know from listening to the podcast what things you deserve. It's the reason I started the podcast. You deserve better service than that. You deserve the right service for first time home buyers. 
So let's end on a positive note. I'm going to be interviewing more listeners who closed on a home and won the bidding wars. That's the stuff you want to avoid in the stories I just told right now, but the stories at the beginning of the stories that you want to hear about. And I'm going to help tell you those because I know that everywhere else in the world, you're going to hear the negative stories. You're going to hear the drama because the drama sells and negative is louder than happy endings. And trust me, I'm just here to speak the truth. If things change and the market starts to get hairy for you, I'm going to drop those truth bombs. I'll let you know when things are falling apart. That's my promise. But right now, I can tell you if you feel like something's shifting, it's not. It's just the negatives getting louder. Remember, when you hear one person tell one story, ask yourself, were they prepared? Do they have different standards than I do? Spoiler alert, the answer is yes. We pretty much all have different standards. Then here's the big one. What type of advocacy or representation did they go to war with? So here's some stats for you that can't be disputed and will keep positive vibes going for you. Last year, 2021, in the third and fourth quarter, the actual data and statistics on the buyer demand, it was lower than any time in 2022. So all this year in 2022, buyer demand has been higher than last year, which means it was easier to buy a home in 2021, the last couple quarters. Also, the inventory in 2022 has dropped significantly, meaning there was a lot more homes for sale at the end of 2021 in the third and fourth quarter. So why am I telling you that? Well, here's why I'm giving you that indisputable data and those facts. My podcast listeners, they grow at pretty steady pace with the usual number of people coming in and out when they need this content. Well, we had quite a few listeners close in 2021 with all those stats and data that I just gave you when it was easier for a first-time home buyer. A lot of them closed in the third and fourth quarter. So far this year, in 2022, when the data shows that it is appreciably more difficult to purchase a home, especially for a first-time home buyer, we're not even to April, and we've already matched the number of first-time home buyers who have purchased a home and told me about it here at the podcast that we did for all of last year. So that means people are finding the good advice, they're listening, they're getting more prepared, and people are doing it. So the next time your two out of four friends are saying that buying a home is miserable and impossible, I have a larger sample size for you. My hundreds of data points are more accurate than your social media algorithm or the survey taken at the last party that you went to. So I'm here to help you practice practical positivity, trust in the real data. Now, I understand that probably for me, my podcast listener numbers might be skewed a little bit because the podcast is giving away all the inside secrets on how to succeed. So, and straight they are. <laughs> Relish in the fact that you'll be the exception to the chaos because you have the how to buy a home power, the invisibility cloak of knowledge, the infinity gauntlet with magic stones of insider tips, a lightsaber made of education and empowerment, plus some sick Jedi training. That bad boy Skywalker-like precision. I don't end every podcast with my positive affirmation because it's my catchphrase. Seriously, the first time I said it in a podcast, it was an accident. I said it just because I was trying to make sure that you understand that with the right guidance and education, it's true. Tom Brady doesn't go and get ready to start a game and, and think he might win. He knows he can because he put in the work. Just like you're doing right now. You can do this.